Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Yes, you're annoying. But me padre, so to kind of uh, give you guys a caveat on this week's book, my family had to put down our Pomeranian a couple Mm. weeks ago, Mm. and I, uh, and we got his ashes and a cute little urn. His name's Rocco. He was, uh, he was 13, 13 or 14 years old, and he was a little pain in the ass dog um we called him shithead and he because he was but he was our shithead and and, um and he was like super cute for until like right at the end where he just started to kind of lose it he we always said he had perpetual puppy face so Mm -hmm. um so this book hit me in a very different way than i was um i think it would have had we read it weeks ago yeah all right yeah. Um, Have you seen the never-ending story? Yes. Okay. There's just a frame from here directly yeah. from that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, only once. I've only seen it once. I've never seen it more than once. Falcor, Trey. I, I must have seen the first one a dozen times. The second one, I went. Even I, as a youngster, went. This isn't great. I mean, it's got the guy from Star Trek in it, but this isn't very good. Yeah, but the second one had Jonathan Brandis, and I also the second one has Jack Black. Does it? What? Jack Black is one of the Rock guys. Oh. Is he? I didn't know that. Yep, I didn't. It's know one of his that. first roles ever, and I've never seen. By the, the way, I also one. haven't seen the second one since like the early mid nineties. Like I can't remember the last time I watched Dude. either. The thing I remember about the Neverending Story was the scene where he's running from the bullies and they throw him in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. That gave me like low grade anxiety as a child, and I'd never even been to school like when I first watched it. Like, and it like it freaked me the fuck out. Like, it would come on HBO and these kids would be chasing him around, and I would be fucking like about ready to like grab a pe- brown paper bag and start breathing into it. You know, like I don't know what it was about that. Come on, Bastion. Yeah. Oh my gosh, a little bit. <laughs> and then there was the. The Macaulay Culkin book wizard movie that came out mm-hmm. that I confused page master. two of them. Page master. Yeah. I confused the two of those for a long time. Oh, like, no. yeah, like I, I couldn't keep track of which was which. But yeah, never any story. Like the I remember I saw it as a kid and that little like the creature he fights at the end. I don't think it is the nothing, but it's like the avatar of the nothing, that little black weird thing. Scared yeah. the fuck out of me as a kid. It's like actually I actually a fairly scary it is. Movie. <laughs> That's back when people didn't have caveats about scaring the shit out of kids. That I mean, is that was true. That's the whole point of Grimm's fairy tales. Let's scare yeah. them into good behavior. Dude, some of Jim Hansen's shit is pretty scary. What are you talking about? Dark Crystal is insanely scary. I and I used to watch it. Still fucking hate those things. The time. Yeah. No, like Gelfling. Yo, I love the Dark Crystal. Um, I tried to watch the like the series, the series work thing that they did on yeah. Netflix, and I was like, it's not the same. Nope. Um, 
But see, I also I, felt the same way about the new Braggle Rock that they did. And it just, it's, I don't know. It, the problem is, is that John Tertaglia, I think is how you say his name. He was the, he's one of the main actors that did all the, like did two voices on Avenue Q mm-hmm. um, in the original cast. And he did the voice for Gobo in the new one. And I was just okay. like, no, I'm sorry. Like you, you see the I'm, internet for porn guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, he, yes. He's also the one, he's like the main character and he's the one that's the, um, the like gay of the like odd couple pairing or whatever. He got fired for Sesame Street for that. Really? Yeah. For doing Avenue Q. Yeah. So it's just like, every time I hear his voice, I'm just like, I feel like you should just be singing Avenue Q. And (laughs) I just, I don't know. I love Fraggle Rock. It's like what I grew up watching, which also there are episodes of Fraggle Rock are very scary as well. So we grew up in a very, let's scare the shit out of children. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Um, while talking about Jim Henson, like of all my time at Disney, I did not get real like starstruck or oh my gosh, this is a part of my childhood man because I didn't go to that park. I went to the Florida park a lot as a kid, so going to the California park didn't really mean a whole lot to me. But shortly before my time there, we did a Christmas show and we had the Muppets on the bus and it was the performers of the Muppets. Um, it was like the second string. So they had the ones who did TV shows and then it was like these guys were like the, the, the fill-ins or the whatever. But these were like top grade fucking puppeteers. I'm like the guy who does think and so i come walking out from lunch and there is this fucking bus and like you know from where i am to where todd is sitting next to me is like kermit the frog and sam the eagles up above and mixed pizzy right there and they're sort of like even when they were just standing there waiting to go out they were still like in character looking around and like i turned into a five-year-old like yeah, I oh my it. god i'd lose it that was the most <laughs> I, would lose it. I ever got my entire time at disney i would lose yeah. it i would yeah, absolutely god. fucking lose it and by the way sasquatch and i were watched the abc series the muppets i love on that disney show so much Plus. So he good. was even like because he hadn't heard of it when it was on i watched so, it when it came out mm-hmm, yeah i did too and so i was like we should watch it i think you'd like it we need to get away from our like yeah insane documentaries that we've been watching and get something into oh. a little bit happier yeah. and so we watched the first episode and he's like he, like we start the first episode and he's like i don't know babe like i don't think this is gonna be and then at the end of it he was like oh my god this is the funniest show i've ever watched and i'm like <laughs> i know and then so it good. got to the end of this of the season and he was just like oh there's no more episodes left he's like this is it's, actually the worst feeling ever because it's like I all i want are more muppets episodes and i was like i know they did, such uh, did a you good watch job any of the muppets it. now no so it's it's not quite as good it's still fun and it will scratch that muppets itch but they did it during the pandemic and so it's like all the celebrities are sort of like they're it's like they're basically doing an internet show and so like they just show all these clips but so miss piggy always does uh an interview with like a celebrity and tries to get them to talk about how much they love her um but then there's also always a cooking segment with the swedish chef and it's either a celebrity or a celebrity chef and it's fucking wild like he has danny trejo in there and they're making tacos together like it's it's fucking crazy (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like it's fun and like the the thing about like the that that Muppets show on ABC is it was one of those shows that was just like ahead of its time like the public was not prepared for that show like it was brilliant and those who saw it like us loved it but like the rest of the world was not ready for essentially 30 Rock with Muppets doing it is essentially what the show was so 
so good. I'm sorry. I tried yeah. to watch 30 Rock and I couldn't get into it. But this I have a I have a I celebrity it. crush on Tina Fey. So but uh so I just yeah. can't get past Alec Baldwin. But I get it. I get it. Muppets, yeah. The ABC, the Muppets. It is, oh my God, we were dying laughing through all of it. So now we our happy show that we just started is what we do in the shadows. Oh, nice. Yes. Excellent show. That's a good one. That's super fun. Yes. Well, we started it and I was like, Taika Waititi. I was like, wait a second. And I'm like, wasn't this a movie? Because I hadn't seen it. And that's um, that's how I have his autograph. I got a, I did their Kickstarter for the American release. So I have a poster signed by Takiti Waititi and um, uh, Jermaine because he's, he wrote and directed the movie with them as well. So yeah. Oh no, I know. Because as soon as I saw Jermaine's name, I was like, wait a second. What? And, yep. and Sasquatch is like, I don't know who these people are. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. And so, tying that all together from the Muppets movie, Brett from the a Flight of the Concords won an Academy Award. So half of the okay, so half of Flight of the Concords has an Academy Award. Oh my gosh! There you go. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Um, uh, despite the popular demand, we are no longer a Muppets only show. We're reviewing comic books now. Uh, so uh, this week we are finishing up our Pride Month. With with a book called Fetch, subtitled How a Bad Dog Brought Me Home by Nicole J. Georges, uh, a graphic memoir, if you will. Uh, we have Mr. Todd, Mr. Adam, Ms. Lena, and me, I am Brian. Hey, how are you? Uh, Mr. Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? I closed out my app. Uh, so this week is called uh, Its Bark is Worse Than Its Bite. You're going to take an ice-filled shaker. You're going to add two ounces of scotch, one ounce of honey syrup, one ounce of half and half. You're going to shake the shit out of it, strain into a chilled martini glass. What kind of scotch? Uh, whatever kind of scotch you want to use. Bayburn. Bayburn. You may choose whatever you think works best for you. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Lena, what is your drinking game rule for this? Depression. Um, yeah. So actually, it's... Oh, my dog was like that too. So uh, if there are pieces of fetch that when you read this and you go, oh, that's like my dog, take a drink. Because uh, there's... It just remind me a lot of my old pup, Etta, so, um, who was very reactive kind of puppy so yeah okay uh adam so for our wwe fans uh you just made the list uh every single time they reference the list of things you can or cannot do to the dog okay is it is it beja is that how they say name beja yeah 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 Yeah. so every time they mention something you can and can't do uh or else you'll get barked at or bit. Uh, pick a drink. Small sips. I, I'm afraid that my drinking game rule is going to make me look like an absolute asshole. Go for it. I'll make it worse. Okay. <laughs> my Mine is called, could have been an email. Every time you're reading this book and thinking, this meeting could have just been an email, um, <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Todd? Well, I have two of them. Um, they play on two of they here. One is uh, decompression depression. And going, this seems really stressed out for someone that's so sad. Um, take a drink when you're like, this is just, you go to flip a page and you're like, oh, how many pages are left? And you're like, really? <laughs> that many more? Here's a long book. Go ahead and take a drink. And then to follow that up is, where was the editor in this? <laughs> <laughs> this is what editors are for. Um I also have uh, one more that I will add, okay. and it's called a pledge pin on your uniform. Every time you see a girl in this book who has the standard 
hipster punk girl uniform on with the Betty Page uh, bangs and the, uh, you know, vintage, slightly um, like uh, rockabilly, you know, clothing, take a drink. Um, so, yeah. Well, she lives in Portland. Can you tell? Oh, my God. Hey, everyone looks <laughs> the same in this book. Oh, yeah. And this has been a constant struggle for me in a lot of the books we've read recently. Um, like the one that we did for the True Crime Month with the Black Dahlia where every man had the exact same face. Yep. Um, this was difficult because you would see that she was with someone new, but you didn't really know if she like, and maybe I missed it. I don't know. I know that she was questioning whether she was like bisexual cause she was with a guy for so long. And then she was like, but half of these people and, and I hate to say this, but why does every lesbian end up looking so butch in this book? Not in, not in life. But in this book, I feel like every every woman she dates just looks like a dude. And maybe yeah. that's a hipster thing more than anything else. <laughs> well, and it's Portland. Portland hipster. Yeah. Well, and I it's mean, Portland I mean, yeah. hipster. So, yeah. So, but like the... <sighs> The whole thing with the dog, yes, there was there was a lot. When I opened this book up, I was like, "Oh, this is a long one." Thank God I started this early. And see, and... I found out last night after I got home late from work, so I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you picked it. No pity for you." Um, I will admit, when she did her little like back her um, flashbacks to her childhood, I skipped through a lot. I skimmed. Because I was just like, I don't, what are you trying to get? Like, what are you getting at? We're constantly back and forth. There was a ton about, like, there were, there were hints to things that she would never finish. But then we got into this whole in-depth thing about different. And I was just like, I, I really want to like this because I love dogs and I get it. And I understand that, like, there are. Is this her drawing out her, like, therapy sessions? I think it is. Yeah, no, it's damaged person has damaged dog. That's basically what it is. I mean, dry night yeah. therapy sessions is essentially Rick and Morty too, so. But yeah. The thing, yeah, but there's no humor in this. The whole thing for me was um so she, you know, it it was like I I kind of suffered through it and then you knew what was going to happen. You knew at some point dogs only live to a certain amount of time in your lifetime. She got the dog when she was younger and which that whole thing was the, the fact that she's like, I got it for my boyfriend. What? You're six. You were like, she was like, what? 18 or 19 or something. It's like, what are you doing? Like, it just I, yeah. doesn't. Anyway, it was um, they, uh, the, you knew what was going to happen. And, and it definitely hit me quite a bit just because I've, I've gone through this. What hit me the hardest was when they went to go pick up the ashes and had the like paw print and everything from the, from the vet. And, um, they because we literally, we just went through this a couple, like mm -hmm. literally my dad picked up the, the ashes ashes and everything not that long ago. And so it was rough. Um, it reminded me a lot of Marley and me. Mm -hmm. 
where it would like everybody talks about like the stupid like this crazy shit that this dog did when it was younger and everything and um but you knew how it was going to end and yeah. Yeah. i've only watched yeah, it once i'll never watch it again um and i cried like a baby through the end of that movie and i cried like a baby through the end of this yeah. book and i will never read it again i will never pick it up and honestly i don't think i'll ever tell someone to read it cuz it's not there's nothing here that is eye-opening or anything this was purely a personal therapy project for the author less than an actual like trying to get something out like the audience trying to get something out of it it was just like this is my life and that's it yeah it also to me it felt sort of emotionally stunted in the way of like oh, I'm so edgy, I'm so damaged, I have an edgy, damaged dog, and look at all this. And it's like, okay, do you have genuine issues? Absolutely. Is there a cause of the genuine issues? Absolutely. Does you having a damaged dog make you special? No, it does not. And don't get me wrong, like, as I was reading through this, and they're talking about the dog and all sorts of stuff, like, I was always, like, going, like, oh, I want to hug Prim, or I want to, you know, like, pet my dog, which I did a lot while reading this. But, like, I mean, literally, no stone was left unturned. We heard about every bowel movement for 20 20 years in this book um so like i don't know i just felt like like todd said there needed to be an editor it went on way longer like and it wasn't like sometimes you read something that's really long and it's like a slow burn and there's this big aha at the end you're like oh that's why we suffered through all that shit and this one just doesn't deliver on that yeah and it's just like okay well nice to read your journal i guess thanks bye so mr adam what are your thoughts oh no continue i, I want to hear you guys thoughts i'm gonna keep on going with this so Okay, well, Todd, what are your thoughts? This is the kind of the book, like, when it comes to, we all have our biases on things. Um, even on media, we like to consume. There's some people that's like, oh, it's a biopic. It's based on a real thing. It just makes it more important and that much more interesting. And I'm going, eh, if you want a biopic, I can take a camera into the toilet when I do number two. That's based mm-hmm. on reality. Doesn't mean it's any good. Yeah. Um. So whenever I see a movie, it's like, oh, this is important. This is based on realness. I'm just like, you just lost 10 points on me. This well, is because half the time it's not true either. That's right. Awesome. Like with the right. based show. on real, I'm like, so they kept the nouns and changed the verbs versus an original story is they kept some verbs and changed the nouns. Yeah. So he was like, so if you say this is an original story, I'm like, it comes back to someone doth protesting too much. I'm like, why are you saying this? <laughs> what are we not supposed to? Because I'm in seems like, so what is this like that they took cribbed it from? So as this comes here with Fetch, it was, I had a dog growing up. Rocky was this dog's name. It was a little Yorkie Pekingese mix with all the attitude. <laughs> loved kids, <laughs> loved women, mm-hmm. hated men, especially my dad. <laughs> and that's how Rocky went. And did reading this book make me miss my dog? It made me miss the dog and so much of going, hey, you weren't this. So... <laughs> That is true. It did make me think because my my dog Etta was very leash reactive and she was reactive to other dogs. But with people, she was just like the most lovable, like 50 pound of muscle dog ever. But like Mm -hmm. when she she saw other dogs, when she was on a leash, she was a pain in the ass. Off leash, totally fine. Weirdest fucking dog ever. But yeah. But even when they had the party for the dog and someone brought their kids and she ended up in the basement with her misbehaved dog and she's like shaking in PTSD or something, it's felt so self-inflicted. 
that I'm like, this page right here sums up all the reasons why I'll never work in like social services. Mm. <laughs> kind of a deal. It's like, I am so not geared for this. This mm. is of your own making. And it's the uh, the other thing that really annoys me. If it's like, you know, we all have pet peeves in life. My pet peeves in life is martyrdom. It's like, just stop being a martyr. Just get over it. Stop being a martyr. Life's too short. Be a martyr. Keep going. Well, and okay. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I felt like on this book, there are people who genuinely can be martyrs because that's the term exists for a reason. Sure. But I felt like they're not self-inflicted martyrs. Yeah. That's, that's where my patience is short. Yeah. And I felt like self-inflicted maybe, but more like it was like, it felt self-indulgent. Like it felt like it was yeah. taking these moments and trying to give them bigger meaning. Like I hate to admit it, but this is the type of shit I probably would have written in high school where I was sure. trying to make my life seem really important and really deep. And it's like, no man, I was a fucking kid in Utah. I didn't know shit about shit. I still don't know shit about shit. So, so somewhere in here, mm -hmm. I dare say is a good book. Yeah. But this is a draft. Yeah. In need of an editor and some trimming. Yeah. This is where it's going through here. And it's someone's life. Yeah. And it's a, it's like a graphic memoir. I'm like, I absolutely believe this. And there's no doubt. And if I had lived through this, it would be this humongous thing in my life. Mm -hmm. But this was a lot of pages toward... I, the, the challenge is the author is too close to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was the the objective view. There was someone needed to look at it and going... She needed to give it to someone and say, am I crazy? Not am I crazy. Someone needed to objectively look at it and give that feedback, which I, she desperately... They, the author needed. And I don't think God. Yeah. She needed to be able to kill her darlings. Yeah. Yes. And we didn't kill the darlings here. It was all of left in. Yeah. It was all too precious and too important. And it just made it exhausting. Okay, Adam, tell us why we're wrong. Oh no, I'm not agreeing that you're you're wrong. I mean, a lot of things you said I, I thought as well. It's like it it just didn't need an editor. It's like when I go see a movie by oh what the fuck's his name? Can't think right now. We're gonna watch it like that was actually I, there's a good movie there. I enjoyed it. It's a half hour too long. Like we mm -hmm. need to fix that. Uh, and yeah, this is this. Uh, I don't want to say it's too precious as far as the sense that this is a person who went through a lot of shit. I think we can agree with that. There was a lot of shit that was going on. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. Her, her her whole life, she was surrounded by people. She was trying to, you know, trying to find a family because she felt she didn't really have one. And then she thought, hey, this is what I need. Okay, no, it's not. Well, maybe if I do it with this group of people, it'll be better. Hey, well, no, it's not. Like, it just, she was trying to completely fill these emotional holes in her life with people who really didn't give a shit. And yeah. again, this might go back to like my own personal life is like, there's, there's a lot of people I've done that with too. And there is a really good story there about her kind of finding herself. I mean, when she goes to therapy and realizes that the whole reason why her dog's an asshole is because she made the dog take care of her, her whole life. And that's not what a dog's meant to do. A dog's there to be, it can be emotional support. It can be a friend. It can be this and that, but your dog's not your protector. Your dog doesn't take the place of your own self-conscious of who you and what you need to be. And when you turn someone into a crutch and you turn someone into your reason for being, it can't do anything but help make them bitter. And and she, she did kind of eventually learn from that. And I, I do think that <clears throat> we didn't need to see every number two she took because I don't think there's a scene of her taking a number two, but it may well have been because there was so much detail <laughs> and stuff thrown in there. Um, but th there were just some, yeah, she's like, I, I don't feel like she put it out there because she's like, Hey, my life is important. Look what happened to me. I think she wanted to just share like, Hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what happened. Maybe you can learn from it. And yes, it, it definitely, there was too much she held close to her heart. And like, I, did she edit herself? I don't know who actually went through and, and did all this. If it was like her own thing she did and like, there was no input and she really could have used some input on it. Um, 
I mean, so it got hate. published. Yeah, it got published. Oh, I just don't know who who all was involved in that. Often Mifflin Harcourt published it, so someone I, should have looked at this. I, I don't know who it was. I, I've never heard of that before. Um, Often Mifflin's a big name. But you look at someone who who has been emotionally damaged, who's spent all that time in their life trying to find like a place they could fit in. Almost like the last book was like, where do I where do I go? Where, who are my people? And you think, oh my god, I found my people, and they're assholes. You're like, okay, well now I found my people over here, and they're assholes. And then you find a partner, and your partner's an abusive asshole who's depressed. And, and honestly, there are people out there, a lot of people in relationships with someone who is uh, clinically depressed or has mental health uh, issues that those don't last a lot of time because people aren't willing to find help or go take care of themselves. So they take it out on the people around them because it's kind of like if you're drowning and someone tries to save you, you grab them and pull them down with you. That's a very common thing in a lot of relationships with neurotypical and uh, people who aren't. Um, but yeah, the only thing that was ever the same in her life from you know a teenager to in her 30s was her dog. And we've all we've all had animals. We're all animal lovers. Um, like, like you said, you you were very emotional things. I remember I texted you. I was like, did you finish it? You're like, oh my God. Like, you know, yeah, just, it wrecked it, it me. Left you. It wrecked I was- yeah. I was the mess at the end. Yes. <laughs> so, but she kind of started to realize the fact that there's a time when you do have to kind of let go. And that's a big important thing too, is knowing when do you, when do you let go of something? Um, I don't know. I, I, I actually enjoyed it a lot. I don't think it's nearly as good as last week's book. Uh, I would love to have seen this on, I'm on the never ending story page, uh, 298 for those playing along. Um, I would have liked to have seen this about a hundred pages less. I think it, again, when I, I opened up last night, I'm like, oh my God, this is 318 pages long. Like, I am tired of shit. I don't have time for this. Now, I did actually go through it pretty quickly. Uh, I will admit that I was skimming a bit where I was reading everything, but I wasn't like reading everything. You're, you know, you're not taking all the heart. Um, I just think it's her, her life isn't extraordinary. And sometimes I feel like that, especially with biographies or autobiographies, they try to take something in their life and make it bigger than it was. And she wasn't afraid to be like, yeah, I was kind of a fuck up and I did things wrong. And like, I made mistakes. And I don't know, she, she didn't, I didn't feel like she was trying to make herself the hero to a point you're going to when you're telling your, your life story because you're always gonna have to be someone of the hero in your in your mind um and the dog was cute as hell even it was a little asshole like i, I actually i would have i would have really liked to have seen an actual picture of the dog like maybe at the end with her holding it or next to her or something like that i think that would have been fun uh, at the mm-hmm. same time, that turns you into Dean Koontz, who, when his dog died, he lost his mind uh, and literally wrote a book about the fact that the epilogue was everyone got dogs and they could talk to them and we all lived happily ever after. And I'm 100% serious. That was the end of one of his books. And that was one of the last ones I ever read because he lost his goddamn mind. Uh, so I, I did enjoy it, but I kind of go back to what Lena said. Like, I don't think I would ever, I don't know if I can recommend it to someone. I think if someone stumbled across it in the right frame of mind, in the right stage of their life, they would get a lot out of it. But it's a very niche audience and it's something that again, you just have to find it at the right time in your life and you might get something out of it or you might not. And I think it's well done. I do think that the Lena, like you said, like all the, all the characters look the same. Like I had to go back and like, Hey, was this her boyfriend? Was this her mom? Who is this fucker? I don't know because I have a black hair and they look exactly the same. And it's, it's, are they looking into mirrors? I can't tell because there could be some introspection here that I'm not seeing. Maybe it's like her aura doing this. Um, but at the same time, I, I did I did have a good time with it, but I, I don't ever want to read it again. I think the story was enough. And if it was edited, I think I could recommend it wholeheartedly. But aside from that, I enjoyed it. I think it was to a point well done, but 
we've had some good stuff this month and this isn't quite up there. Well, it's not funny, bad, but what's funny is it was, it won the Oregon book award for graphic literature in 2018. Well, of course it did. It's Portland. And it was nominated for a Lambda literary literary award nominee for LGBTQ graphic novels in 2018. That's actually one of the reasons when, so just so everyone knows, I was actually talking with someone about this today with a lot of these, these books and these months, like Todd, you've read, read everything. Uh, Brian, you've read a lot of stuff. So when we be like, hey, we're going to do Witches and Wizards Month, whatever, you know, you guys kind of pipe in ideas of like, hey, I've read this, we should do it. And then we go back and forth. With this month, because I don't always read a lot of LGBTQ comics, I literally do some research and go online. That's and like, not yeah. your only personality trait? <laughs> hey. Uh, I, I guess there, there's more there, you know, it's. It's like it's it's the dashing good looks and the and the, the not fitting right. hair. Uh, no, so I, I do actually do go online, read a lot, and read comments, thoughts. Not so much reviews. I really don't like reading reviews and stuff. I just want to see like what are what is the zeitgeist into right now, mm-hmm. and that's where I did find stuff. And it's what's so funny is we did Dead Endia two weeks ago, and my it's we we mentioned briefly that it is a new show animated series I think on Netflix is coming out, and I didn't realize this till today, but my favorite uh, drag queen Miss Coco Peru was involved in the writing process of it and she mentioned it on her facebook today i'm like oh we just did that on our podcast and then she was all excited for us so miss coco we love you hopefully you'll you'll give us a shout out uh for dead idea but uh i try to find things that are people are talking about and this is one of the ones that people seem to be really excited about it kind of reminded me a bit of fun home uh in the sense that i think there's a good story there i just don't know if it was the story for me but it really did remind me of fun home the entire time we were reading it i was just looping back and thinking about that book it's a combination of Fun Home and Ghost World. Yes. Is what yeah. it felt like to me uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. And the, the writer of uh, Fun Home also has a blurb on the back of the physical yeah. copy of the book. Um, says something to the effect of it being wonderful. But, yeah, I I think it's interesting. I don't know. I'm trying to defend it, but I don't I don't like it. Like, I, I understand that there is a place and time for it, but I just think it just, it was a bit much. It, I don't know. It just needed an editor. I think other than yeah. that, it would have been probably awesome. But I think we agree cool. on that. <laughs> Anybody else need any, have anything else you want to say? Nope. Okay, Elena, what's your grade? Mm, I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay, Mr. Todd? C minus. Okay, uh, Mr. Adam? You're muted, Mr. Adam. God damn it. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to go with a B. I, I think it does get stuck kind of sometimes in its own importance. And like you said, it's almost a little bit too precious for what it is, but there is an interesting story there. And I think if you're in the right state of mind in the right time of your life, you're going to get a lot out of it. It just, I'm not in that place anymore. So yeah, I think 15 years ago, Adam would have just absolutely fell in love with this book, but uh 41 year old Adam is, can look back and be like, I've been there, but I'm not there anymore. And I'm really grateful I'm not there anymore. So. Yeah, this this is one of those books that reminds me. Like sometimes I go, I would have like modern me would have been annoyed to death by like teenage me. Like I would have just wanted to smack me upside the head. So uh, it'll be fun when I actually have teenagers. But uh, I'm gonna give it a. They'll make fun of Nirvana. Yeah, they will. <laughs> I hate I hate Nirvana. So uh, uh, I'm gonna give it a B minus. I think okay. um, I because of the fact that I do think there's a good story in there and it needed an editor. I'm going slightly higher than I think I probably really would. But it could be a B minus with a good editor. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Judd Apatow uh, is the director who needs a goddamn editor. That's who it was. Oh yeah, no, that I agree with that. 
Um, yeah, he he deliberately ed- edits like he's holding for the laugh. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, okie dokie. Well, so that'll do it for our Pride Month. Uh, we are going to go into uh, we're going to basically pay uh, uh, some tribute to some of the comic book greats. Unfortunately, over the last oh I don't know couple months, we've had a few of them that we've lost. So uh, we decided that we wanted to go back and uh, you know highlight some of the the great artists um, and writers in comic book history. Uh, so we're going to be doing this is the order I have it in right now don't quote me on this we might do this differently uh, we're going to do Will Eisner's uh, The Contract with God um, we're going to do Crisis on Infinite Earths we're going to do Batman Odyssey by the late and great Neil Adams um, the illustrator is no, it's not illustrator. Anyway, um, and then we are going to do some of the OG Spider-Man stuff with uh, Ditko and Stan Lee uh, so that we can, you know, go check out where some of that stuff started as well. Um, that is, most of the stuff is on Comixology. Um, that Spider-Man Masterworks is actually um, on Unlimited. So, uh, you know, you can yeah, sort try, of Trying to buy it for realsies is is vastly so, expensive. So Oh, yeah, no, like, like yeah, hardcover is $230 on Amazon. So, uh, well, yeah. Marvel reprint it. No, of course. Well, why not. would why would they do that? It's like you know, Moon Knight comes out and they're like, oh, it's all out of print. Like, what, why why would they ever reprint things? They came that out this week. If that helps, all the all the Moon Knight stuff. Yeah, did no, the Ellis stuff did. Yeah, they were like four omnibuses got reprinted this week. Oh, fun! It amazes me that that company knows so little about synergy, and I know because I used to fucking work for them. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> see, now I can say shit like that. Like, I don't work there anymore. <laughs> So yeah, what are they gonna do? So, Hire me? So fuck them. Uh, you know, whatever. No, I mean, I, they did try to get me back. I hadn't even got a month yet, and they were calling me. But uh, yeah, actually, anyway, it looks like the, the Moon Knight. So the I'm pulling up the Alice Moon Knight just for funsies, and it's still out of print from what I'm seeing. Hmm. At least it's still 200 bucks on Amazon. So wow. Well. That being said, we're gonna we're gonna read some of the uh, the old school greats. Um, so uh, thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. Bye. Nothing. This is where someone says something clever. Any anybody throw something in? You're welcome to be clever. Oh no, it's not my job. That's your job. No. No. Jesus Christ on a cross. On see, the cross. There's, there's, there's that martyr stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there <it is. laughs> Thanks, Lana.